Warning, Crime Convo features potentially triggering content about real-life crimes. There will be content such as violence, crimes against children, physical abuse, sexual abuse, and death. Listener and parental discretion is strongly advised. Welcome to Crime Convo. Come and join the conversation. My name is Alyssa. I'm Destiny. And I'm Nikki. Hi, listeners. So surprise, today we have two of the three husbands with us. Yay! Yay! So we have Nikki's husband, Eric. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have my husband, Ruben. Hello. <laughs> they volunteered to be here, FYI, people. Yes. It was actually this guy's idea who never wants to do things like this. So it's very supportive exciting. husbands for the yeah. win. Mm-hmm. Yes, for the win. So today, I'm drinking a vodka crayon. Brief little backstory it's the Jason Momoa vodka, the not signed bottle. And it's actually not bad. I don't like vodka, but it's not bad. I think that's I my cup that about I the left fact there. You went and met Jason Momoa without me and didn't bring me with you. I'm so. sorry. Okay, you know my uncle called me and like yelled at me about it. Like three I wanted weeks to later. go, but remember I got sick and I couldn't go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am also sick currently with strep throat, so I am drinking coffee and tea. At least you're drinking the good stuff for your throat. I, on the other hand, I'm drinking the other good stuff. Got me some white call. This one's lemon, and I have a couple others. But all right, here we go. I'm mm-hmm. gonna crack open. Oh, that squirted everywhere. That squirted all over the computer screen. That's we're off to a good start. <laughs> yes, we're off to a very pleasant start. Literally. <laughs> oh. All right, so let's go ahead and dive into what we're going to be talking about today. So this is going to be where obviously I'm going to present um, a case, but it's also going to have a lot of conversation behind it um, because it's kind of a hot subject as well and something that a lot of people might be very passionate about. I'm very interested to see what kind of conversation we're going to have regarding this. So I chose another local case out of Vancouver, Washington. And this is the case of Nikki Kuhnhausen. Now, Nikki, she was born July 6th of 2001. Makes me oh God, feel she's real a baby. old over here. Yeah. She's a baby. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm feeling super old. <laughs> I was a senior in high school that year. <laughs> Now, Nikki, she is, and I didn't pick her because we have the same name. It's just she was seven. ironic. <laughs> you were seven. Yeah. Okay. I feel I was real seven. old now. That's the year my brother was born. I was seven. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, moving on from me being old. <laughs> so, Nikki is described by her loved ones as someone who is very cheerful, caring, full of energy. She was the lively friend. She was also aggressive, fiery, but also very loving. 
Uh, she loved social media. She was a very avid poster, little poster. So she literally posted selfies, statuses, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, to all of the things literally every single day, multiple times a day. Was she like an influencer? Did she have like a huge amount of followers? It looks like she had a decent amount, but I don't think she had reached the level of an influencer to where maybe she was getting paid or anything like that. I'm mm. not completely sure about that. Um, so, and she was only 17 years old. So, obviously, being that age, it's also going to explain why she loves social media so much. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to be famous. And she, because she did have a large following, she was possibly on her way of making that happen. She was also a very quick and nonstop texter. She was on her phone all the time, like most teenagers, of course, especially teenage girls. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so Nikki family says that when it came to who she was as a person, she never really struggled with her identity. She was always very comfortable with who she was. Um, and at a young age, she very much stood out with who she was. She liked to wear big heels, long hair, makeup, girly clothes. Um, when she, Nicki Minaj actually came out, the singer slash rapper, when she came out, um, she became her idol and she helped her fully come out as transgender. And her dream was actually to be a makeup artist for Nicki Minaj. Hmm. Yeah, and if you um, do some research online, you can see that she was actually very good at makeup as well. Um, So it's possible that she could have possibly followed that dream, too. Some other things about uh, Nikki, she... The world can be very cruel to um, transgender people, as we know, unfortunately. Um, But she was someone that didn't allow the cruelty of the world to affect who she was and she often stood up for other people in the LGBT community as well as other transgender females and males. Her mother Lisa also said that the two of them had a very strong bond and they literally spoke every single day, text message, on the phone, Facebook messenger, whatever. Mm -hmm. It was a constant non-stop communication between her and her mom. So as I said, Nikki was 17 years old. When she went missing from Vancouver, uh, it was Vancouver, Washington, excuse me. It was on June 5th of 2019. I actually do vaguely remember seeing this on the news as well. Um, Upon Nikki's disappearance, she was staying in an apartment with some friends. Now, I don't know what the details are behind why a 17-year-old was living with her friends and not with her family. I'm sure circumstances of life most likely have something to do with that. I mean, she talked to her mom every day, so it's safe to assume that there wasn't, like, family drama. Yeah, but it also seems like this crowd that she was living with weren't exactly the greatest influences. And it seems like Mm. maybe the last year or so, maybe the last year to two years, she had not been hanging out with the greatest people. Either so maybe that has to something to do with why she was staying with friends and not at home. I didn't really find much information about that, so I'm not completely sure. But again, like you said, she communicated with her mom every day. So her mom at least knew where she was and knew when who she was with and that she was safe. So 
Uh, as I said, June 5th was the day that she went missing. She had lost her phone at some point, uh, but was using a roommate's phone or device of some kind to communicate to her mom on Facebook Messenger. The night of June 5th, she said goodnight to her mother, and she had texted her best friend that she was going to meet somebody off of Snapchat. She left her apartment around 5 a.m. The following morning, so this is now June 6th, um, she does not answer any phone calls, any text messages, any Facebook messages at all. Every message or phone call or text that was sent to her were left unread. And this is on her friend's phone since she had lost her phone? Correct. So all so of her, her phones f- that were logged into her friend's oh. phone that she was using. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, any messages that were sent to her weren't weren't answered. Of course, her family was worried. So two days after Nikki has gone missing, um, her mother at that point hadn't reported her yet, but she did inform Nikki's brother that something was going on. She hadn't heard from her. Nobody had heard from her. Unfortunately, though, her brother was actually in prison. I don't know what for. Um, It sounds like he probably had a drug problem, um, which probably didn't help his situation and landed him there. So mm-hmm. him being in prison, he obviously wasn't able to really do much, but that that's at the point though where he found out that something was going on still at this point for whatever reason, she's not reported missing to authorities. Um, it's assumed that both her, both of her parents thought maybe the other one knew where she was. Maybe that had an issue to do with it. Also her mom, Seems that her mom may have had some mental health issues as well. Um, So that may have impacted either her calling or not calling or accepting that something was wrong or whatever the case may be. But it seemed like her mom had something. Now, I don't know if it's super severe or if it's something not as severe, but it seems like that may have impacted her not reporting her missing initially anyways. Um, by day five, the concern had heightened so much that there was finally a, a report filed for a n- missing person with the Vancouver police. I mean, five days, though, that's, that's, I mean, some people go months. Yeah, yeah well, so five days is it too horrible, but at the same time, it's still too long because, as we know, the first 24 to 48 hours are the most important. Yeah. yeah, and that's where you could most likely possibly find your loved one again. A lot of times after that time frame, the chances of finding them are very slim. Whether it's mm-hmm. someone's taken their life or they've been human trafficked or kidnapped or whatever the case may be. It's it's much harder to track people after that time frame. Right. At least everything that we've said, read in police reports and seen on our true crime things that we watch, that's what all the police and detectives say. So we're going to go with what they say. <laughs> okay, so uh, once it was reported to the police, uh, word spread very quickly within the Vancouver area and within Washington State. Uh, they had flyers up around Starbucks's, grocery stores, and... Um, news coverage, continuous news coverage on local newses. I don't know if it ever went national. I'm not completely sure about that, but it definitely went within the Vancouver area and as well as Washington State. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, it spread very quickly throughout the LGBTQI community as well. 
Yeah. Okay, so her mom and her best friend, because they're the ones that communicate with her regularly, they continued to call her and text her every single day. If it were me and it was my best friend or my child, I would probably do the same thing. Oh, yeah. You know, I sadly know what it's like to lose my mom and my best friend and siblings, and I still go on their Facebooks and Instagrams and send them messages when I'm thinking about them because it's the only way that I have to, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, get it out. So I imagine if someone was missing, I would definitely be like, oh, what are you doing? Why have you answered? What are you, you know, I don't, Yeah. I don't know. So can't really blame them. <laughs> so, of course, with them still continuing messenger, those messages still continued to go unread. They're just unread, yeah. Yeah, so for someone who is very active on social media, an avid texter, always on their phone, obviously those are signs that something isn't right. Something is going on. So as the police start the investigation... They had a little bit of a suspicion um, regarding a situation that had happened to her a few years prior. I'm not sure if it was the year before or maybe the year prior. So maybe a year or two before this incident happened. Um, so Nikki had been shot. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, possibly due to the crowd she was hanging out with. Something to do with a robbery of some kind. But she was shot six times. And every, oh my god! Yeah, and she was a tiny little thing too. She was she was tall, beautiful, and tiny. She got shot six times and, and lived. Yeah, she survived getting shot six times. I mean, she messed up from it, but nothing vital, I guess. Did they like catch who shot her? So that was what I was getting to. That's what the investigators initially thought because the person was caught. However. For whatever reason, she had decided not to testify. So this person never did any time, was never prosecuted or anything like that. So they were. So there was there was probably something about that situation that she was worried about, like something that she did or something that she said playing into getting shot six times. Which yeah, I mean, I'm sure the thing that she did was deserving of that. <laughs> yeah, what seventeen old typically will get shot and one live to it, or be just get shot in general. Right. So that was their initial thought with the investigation, but that turned out to not be to not be the case. The shooter had nothing to do with um, with her disappearance. As they go through the investigation, they find that she had speaking to a man by the name of David Bogdanov. Hopefully, I'm saying that name correctly. Um, which the only way that the police had a way to get a hold of him was through Snapchat. So they had sent him multiple messages trying to contact him. And initially those messages went unread. Um, however, at some point he, sorry, not at some point on October 2nd. So this is, she went missing in June. So July, August, September, October. So four months, three, four months um, after she had gone missing, they brought him in. For his first interview. Um, His first interview he had, he claimed that he saw Nikki walking down the street, stopped, offered her his jacket, and they drank some vodka, they exchanged Snapchats, and then he dropped her off at home 
planned to meet her up with her a different time. So that's how they initially met, according to him. Mm, okay. I was like, so she just randomly saw her and. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Maybe that is how they met. Who knows? I don't know. David then claims the second time he met her, he picked her up and that's when she confessed that she was not born a female and he got upset and he claims that he told her to get out of van and never saw her again. Yeah. Okay. I mean, could you imagine being a transgender though and having to yeah. like for, for you all intents and purposes carrying. Yeah. Basically. Like you look like a woman, you act like a woman, you sound like a woman, you smell like, like all of the things and then be like, actually, well, I, I mean, there's something there's something to be said about the honesty, right? You know, they she was obviously honest, but the way that he treated if he did kick her out, that's messed up and if he killed her, that's yeah. You know, I mean, See, that's that's one thing that I hate is, you know, cuz people, you know, behind closed doors, you know, guys like that will say like, "Oh yeah, I'm totally into it. It's totally fine," you know, and then when other people are paying attention, they're like, oh, no, I have to live up to this. Like, oh, that happens a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then they're like, ew, no, that's gross. I wouldn't touch you at all. You're disgusting, man. It's like, dude, like. I mean, if you're not into it, you're not into it. But there's no reason to be mean or treat them yeah. like trash, which is what people do. Mm -hmm. That's that's there's where I get upset. <laughs> yeah. Long story short, I watch reality TV, 90 Day Fiance. There's actually a couple on there that one of them is a transgender, but she's had, like, all the surgeries. Like, okay. physically, she has all of the parts of a woman. And mm -hmm. one of the big struggles that they have, among a lot of others, <laughs> is mm. the, like, he loves her and who she is, but he is a Russian man, and they're in, I think it was Moldova. And, oh, like, no. It's yeah it's a whole it's, it's a, a whole, whole thing. thing but it's but it's yeah it's sad to see like the cultural aspect of it whereas here especially in washington i feel like washingtonians are generally really accepting like we're all like cool do your thing obviously yeah. people are shit and they're out there but you know yeah yeah, yeah i mean that's definitely like a culture thing is like in certain places around the world it's definitely something Very that they frowned look upon. upon and they don't oh, accept yeah. them as a person mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's just to me that's not okay you know like yeah. there's still people well and i think it's sad to think too that like it probably doesn't happen as it ha probably happens a lot more than even they're willing to admit or any of us are willing to admit that you know you're going on a date maybe it's your first date maybe it's your second date maybe it's even your third date and then like oh hey about that i'm actually a transgender and then the other person just immediately being disgusted or you know like angry or just being that, rude i mean yeah, like you were honest then, imagine mm -hmm. you're honest right maybe you get rejected that that you can take right maybe they're like oh okay like we're not gonna do this yeah that's one I thing mean, but being treated like you're trash and being it probably went get the fuck out of my car you dirty ass liar or whatever yeah horrible things knows? they said yeah who knows yeah but i mean there's something to be said about them being honest right you know yeah. she honest. she was up front it wasn't like she was trying to trick him she wasn't trying to trap him or anything like that mm-hmm 
it wasn't like they had their pants down and she was like, oh, surprise. By the way. <laughs> Guess what? Mine's bigger than yours. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's that's what that's what I don't get. Yeah. You know, because like, like, if you really if you're really into somebody and they're really into you, you know, and you guys are like vibing. You'll figure like, it out. Does it matter what genitalia they have? Or some does people it matter it what genitalia that they were they were born with? Yeah, but I mean that that's like the whole society thing again, yeah. you know, like you know, like everybody's so scared of how everybody else is gonna judge them because they're with a transgender person. Like, who gives a fuck? You know But I mean honestly looking at her pictures, like you can't I don't tell. think it was yeah, I don't think it would be clear that like, oh, that's a transgender woman, like that that's a woman. So that I wanted I actually wanted to ask a question of Ruben and Eric then too regarding that. So as a dude mm-hmm. who is not into dudes, if you were dating a girl and she presented as a female, she was attractive, you were super into her and all that stuff, and then bombshell born a man like how would you because now these nowadays you just don't know it could literally be anybody like how would you react to that like is straight two straight men how would you yourself react to that how would you handle it and it's okay to say i'm not into that but like i mean i'm not into that so (laughs) but but how would you handle if that actually were a real situation i would probably be frustrated because i feel like that would be is something that you should bring up up front to begin with, instead of like hiding it till later on in the until waiting till the relationship kind of goes, you know, moves forward. Yeah, but you got to think about how scary that is for them. No, I, I understand how to... scary it is, but still, I think that that's something that I don't. I don't know. Like, because maybe some people feel like they have to build up trust first before they can tell you, because it's. Because they're targeted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to bring up too, like the unsolicited hate that then would be brought, like people that they're not even talking to, that they don't know, that they don't like on a dating profile, like, oh, you're transgender. And then all of the people that are just mm-hmm. reaching out being a holes. You know? I mean, I think it's, it's a really hard, obviously, it's a very difficult situation. But I mean, me personally, I would just prefer i would have preferred i would prefer that that was brought to my attention to begin with but i can understand why they wouldn't do that because there's a lot of scumbags out there i mean so i can understand why would you be nice to them or you would be like well i would be you don't talk i was gonna say your husband be mean i would be be nice and respectful to them but i mean i could i know that a lot of men wouldn't yeah yeah Mm-hmm. What do you say about that, Ruben? How would you react? Um, I mean, to me, that's that's such a like minute detail, you know. Like, like I was saying earlier, I you know, to me, it doesn't matter what what genitalia or what you know sexual orientation you were born with, you know. Like, it it doesn't affect my life, you know. What sure. you know you have or how you identify yourself or whatever. Like, if I like you as a person or like if I want to date you as a person or you know get to know somebody as a person like I, I it doesn't matter you know like you are you mm-hmm. you know i think too it's like 
one of those like two sides to the coin where like men, I feel like straight men have a much worse viewpoint on that. Like as a woman, if I was dating some guy and they said, oh, hey, actually, by the way, I I was born a female. I have female parts. I'd be like, there's dildos. Let's go. <laughs> like, I'm, we got this. I am 100 percent. Yeah. That's what I was about to say to you. Like, if I was really into you, or even if even if you just wanted to get nasty, like, cool. I'm down. Like, I don't I don't care yeah. what you have down there. If if you want to have some fun, we can have some fun. If I like you and you want to date, we can date. Like, I am 100 percent okay with it mm-hmm. either way. Because to me, it's about the person and right. the connection. And obviously, if you're on your first date or your second date or whatever, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like it's easier to be like, hey, I'm not really into that. You know, I think we should just maybe we could be friends or something. But even even as a straight woman, I'd be like, okay, I I am a straight woman. That being said, we can we can keep talking. We can keep getting to know each other. We can see where things go. We can see how it works. And, you know, like an open mind to it. But also. Unfortunately, not everybody is as open-minded, so. Yeah. From what I understand, though, nowadays on, like, dating apps, people are pretty open about it. Probably not everybody, Mm -hmm. but I, I, from what I, from what I know, anyway, um, I think people are, they'll, like, put in their bio or whatever, like. Well, and now there's dating sites. Specifically dating for sites specifically yeah. for that, yeah. Like you yeah. like transgender women. Here you go. You can find one. Really? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I I don't know of any, but I'm pretty sure there are. I mean, I think there's something <laughs> for everybody out there. Yeah. yeah, there's all kinds of yeah. dating sites out there. At the there, end so. of the day, we all should respect each other and accept everybody for who they are, even if you don't agree with it or understand it. Yeah, you know, if you don't need to it, that's fine. You know? Timey is an LGBTQ dating app for any of our nice. listeners that need it. T-A-I-M-I. Nice. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that towards the end here. So let's pause a little bit on, on that. Moving past his first, David's first um, interview. At the end of that, the police couldn't arrest him. They didn't have any evidence directly pointing at him. So no arrests were made at that time um, to him or any other individuals and he had just said we went on a date she was in my van she told me she was trans i kicked her out correct that that was all she wrote and he never saw her again so Mm -hmm. he claims so december 7th of 2019 so that would have been four years ago today um but from the time that she disappeared it was six months and one day since she had disappeared so on this day a bear grass picker um, had found a human skull about 40 miles outside of Vancouver. Uh, they also found a femur, hip bones, a light green winter breaker jacket, some rings, a bandana, and a watch. But the number one thing that they found was a black cell phone charging cord that was tied into a ligature that resembled the <laughs> diameter of a neck. Later, that was confirmed to be the murder weapon. So she was able to death. Um, they confirmed the police confirmed that this was Nikki's remains by, um, by her social media post because she posted so much. They were able to identify all those items that they had found at oh, wow. the scene with her social media, and then they were able to later confirm it with the DNA. 
That's crazy, though. They found skeletal remains after six months. Like that seems crazy to me. That I mean, it grows out in the field, like a field. There's there's like wild animals and stuff that were that would contribute to why. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I guess to Washington State, for those that don't know, it's like wet all the time. (laughs) <laughs> especially in that part of the year close down by portland so they get all the crazy rain and weather that we get further up here too mm-hmm. so yeah i know we had talked about that in a prior episode about trying to like look up or figure out like how long like how long the decomposition is before you would find skeletal remains yeah. versus other because yeah. it obviously starts the moment that your organs and your heart stops beating and yeah so it literally starts from the second that you die so on top of weather animals and all that so Mm -hmm. i'm sure all that yeah you got to factor in too like with the pacific northwest forest environment there's you know all sorts of insects and predators and yeah all that stuff that can decomp a body in probably less than a month Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah Yeah, Rain, definitely could. All that. Obviously, they informed her family, and her mother and her brother were, and her best friend, and everybody else that loved her were devastated, but especially them three. They were very, for how small they were, they were very close, like I said, especially her and her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, during this time, what? Well, before they had found her body, her mom was so not okay mentally that she ended up in a mental hospital for a little while. So I imagine when she got the news that she had passed, when they found her remains, that that... I don't know if she ended up going back, but I can... I've had a lot of loss in my life, but I can't even imagine what it feels like to lose your child. Like, that's really sad. I know we've talked about it before, like when we talked about Oakley... No parent should ever, ever outlive their child or feel what it know what it feels like to lose their child. Like that's just yeah. cruel and yeah. not okay. And in this case, somebody took them, took her from them. You know. So when there was a service for Nikki, hundreds upon hundreds, and I mean hundreds of people showed up for her service. Um, not just her loved ones, but a lot of people in her community. And a lot of people from the LGBTQI community also were there for her service, too. Yeah. Now, just a little bit of a tidbit here. Um, Transgender people are widely targeted. Um, Mm -hmm. They have very high chances of crimes against them. Hates crimes, of course. There's been studies that show that transgender people are four times more likely to be a victim of a violent crime. Mm. and it's all because of who they are as a person and that's that's yeah societal views religious views i mean yeah yeah i hate that zero tolerance for any kind of difference in the world we need to have zero tolerance for violence against other humans agreed honestly for any reason and to be violent towards someone just because you don't agree with who they are like mm-hmm. that's, that's just that's inhuman that's not okay yeah so as they're having her services and grieving um david bongdana the primary suspect 
He is brought back in for questioning on December 17th of 2019. And he, again, gave the same story. But detectives had a little bit more information at this point to go off of. They were able to do an analysis on on his phone where his phone pinged in the same location where her body was found, where her remains were found. So obviously at that time, he was arrested. He asked for a lawyer, of course. Did he plead insanity? No, we're going to go into that a little bit. Okay. (laughs) That's always the excuse. (laughs) Yeah. That's always this case. Everybody's insane. Mm -hmm. I was crazy at the time, your honor. Okay. Yeah, I was crazy because of blah, blah, blah. Okay. It kind of goes in that, but not in the I was insane category. But it does go in the my barbells weren't right, I guess. Of course. Um, Which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. So as they continue the investigation, he's now arrested. All the evidence basically pointed to this being a hate crime, most likely. Um, a murder caused by his hatred of people being trans. See, and that that's funny that that comes up with, and I definitely, obviously, we don't know for sure until you continue on, but with, like, the Nia case, that they wanted to have that be a hate crime because Nia was targeted, her and her sisters were targeted for being black, obviously. Well, and, and my brain is working as I'm talking. Was she targeted in the sense of he went out of his way to find her? Or did he learn this about her and then... I have a couple decision? other things to go out, go on, but a little more towards the end here, which is pretty short because this is a pretty short case. I'm going to go over what his what it is and we can discuss that. Yeah. Because I don't want to... I don't want to get ahead of, ahead of the game, if that makes sense. Um, I tend to do that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, when that ball starts rolling, it, it starts rolling downhill. I'm pretty sure I'm the same way, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As the investigation continues on, he's now been arrested. Trial hasn't started just yet. Before trial starts, there was a Justice for Nikki task force that was created um, after David's arrest. And it was to bring attention to her murder and for Clark County to put in a malicious harassment to her case, which in the state of Washington is a version of a hate crime, which it was added hmm. to her case. And when was he arrested? Was it in December? December of um, 2019. 19. Was it after the 7th when he was pulled in for his initial interview? Okay. No, October was when he was pulled in for his first interview. December 7th was when oh. his remains were found. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so, so about a just, week uh, or so. So he didn't just kick her out of the car. Mm, yeah. He sure didn't. So trial didn't begin until, um, trial wasn't until August of 2021. So all of 20 because we all know the year of COVID. COVID. Thanks, COVID. Now, during the trial, they used the Snapchat messages um, to help their case. His story, of course, changed now that they're in trial. Of course. Unfortunately, we don't know if this is actually what happened. Sadly, we'll never actually know what truly took place. Um, So he admitted that he didn't kick her out of the van. 
He claimed that they started to become intimate when he discovered that she had male genitalia. When it turned into a altercation, he claimed that Nikki grabbed his gun and in his defense, he grabbed the phone charger. He wrapped it around her shoulders, but it slipped up onto her neck, which was proven to be wrong because it was in fact tied around her neck. full of crap. Yeah, I'm calling bullshit on that one. Yeah, major seriously. So he was obviously found guilty of murder and of the malicious harassment charge. Um, He was given 19 and a half years for both crimes, which is the max in the state of Washington for those crimes. So so crazy, though, to think about you kill somebody and you you still don't get life. I mean, he didn't get it because he had no prior anything. But it doesn't matter. Well, it's the it's the prior thing. And it's also the premeditation part of it, too. If you premeditated it, you're going to go to jail for a much longer period of time. But if it was like a spur of the moment, you just acted thing. Yeah, it's we've talked about how that's one of the things that is not it just doesn't make any sense. And it's I mean, me personally, the only way I could even think of imagine like killing somebody would be in a like a self-defense type situation. Other than that, which is what he's saying he did, though. Well, well, she grabbed his gun. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I could Which, imagine killing somebody else yeah. in a different situation, but would I do it? No, only in self-defense. Knowing me, because I'm such an empath person, if I killed someone even out of self-defense or accidentally or whatever, I would still be like, lock me up and throw away the key because I would not, I would not be able to live with myself. I'd feel so beyond, yeah. because I'm such an empath person, like I... Yeah, it's hard to imagine how somebody can feel euphoric about taking somebody's life Mm -hmm. yeah you know like these serial killers and stuff they like get a euphoria from it and it's like it's a control thing i mean call me old school or medieval or barbaric or whatever you want to call it but if you if if a person takes another person's Mm -hmm. life with just the goal of wanting to kill someone you know like I think that, that that life should be paid for with another life. Yeah, you know, how like I the person that took the life. Yeah, unless it's an accident. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, if if there's one hundred percent proof that you know somebody killed another person because you know just because they felt like it, or because they were you know they they didn't agree with the other person's beliefs, or you know whatever. Like no, like. You, you get to pay for that life with your life. Sorry. You know. But devil's advocate, there is no proof. There is no way to have proof. And when you go to court, when you're, when you're on a jury, on a murder case, you are instructed to look at the evidence that is presented to you and make a decision based on the evidence that is presented to and you. And this else. case in particular... This case in particular, they cannot disprove that what he is saying was not, in fact, the truth. And what again, that's where old school, you know, logic, reason, common sense needs to come back into play in all this. If you accidentally kill someone in self-defense, you're not going to hide the body or take it out to the woods and dump it somewhere. Well, I mean, 
yeah. It th- th- there's so many there's so many sides and angles to look at this from. At the end of the day, he was convicted of more than just the murder charge. He had the the harassment charge on there as well. Um, and he got the maximum sentence on those charges. And the unfortunate thing is that even though the judge lays on the sentencing, the judge can't give a larger sentence than the crimes that they were convicted of in a, the court of law. So, so speaking to that, the judge actually did get very emotional when he was laying out the sentence about this case because he feels the same way we do. It was not okay what happened to her. Um, And she was so young and she still had so much life ahead of her. And in the manner that she was killed, strangling somebody takes That wasn't an accident. It takes strength. It takes thought. Because at any second you could stop. It takes time. And it takes so much longer than it does in the movies. So much longer. It's not within seconds. It takes like minutes for that to happen so he had plenty of time to stop what he was doing yeah so i want to talk about the defense that he had during his trial so the defense that they and i left this for last because i have some facts and stuff that i want to go over so his defense for his trial and for his case was that he claimed transphobe a transphobic defense so like, so, like he just said, I'm transphobic and that's my defense? There, there's more that goes into it. So let me explain what that means, okay? And it's probably going to piss you off because it definitely pissed me off when I looked into it's it. It's probably going to. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So this type of defense is, I'm, I'm reading off of like several different sources that I use to, to help navigate this properly so the defense is defined by the lgbtqi bar as legal strategy which asks a jury to find that a victim's sexual orientation or gender identity is to blame for the defendant's violent reaction including murder this is legally sanctioned Discrimination against one's sexuality, orientation, and gender identity in most cases. Why? How? Yeah. There's nothing more? That's it? That's the, no, that's I have, the thing? I have more. So okay. I have a little bit more information on it. So it says, typically the defense has three variations. The defense of insanity or dimish- diminished capacity. So basically speaking to their mental state. So, capacity defense of, of provocation and defense of self-defense. The insanity or diminished capacity defense argues that the victim's sexual orientation and gender identity is to blame for the defendant's breakdown in a panic. The provo- provocation <laughs> defense argues that the victim's proportion of nonviolent sexual advances could be significantly provocative in to induce the defendant to kill them. The and the last one is self-defense claims that because of the victim's sexual orientation and gender identity, the victim must have been about to cause the defendant serious 
bodily harm. Sadly, this is the this defense is still used across the United States, but has been um, deemed unlawful and in, in a couple of states and been banned by a couple of states. By I'm now, assuming Washington not, is not one of them. Um. Well, regarding that. Um, the Nikki Kuhnhausen case was officially signed into law in 2020, making transphobic defense illegal. Thank you, Washington. Yeah. I have thoughts. (laughs) If I heard that correctly, they're basically giving hateful, transphobic assholes a hard pass. An excuse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. To to be hateful, transphobic assholes. Mm-hmm. 100% mm-hmm. correct, Ruben. They are basically saying that them finding out that the victim being transgender, not the gender that they thought, caused them so much mental and emotional anguish that it caused them to lash out and be violent okay. and murder them or harm them. So that's, that's basically what the defense is. Somebody? So, devil's advocate, if you are raised in an extremely what's the right word here um anti lgbtq environment and you are raised with those beliefs and you are blindsided with going on dates with this person that you think is a woman and probably making sexual advances at this person that you think is a woman and then you find out that they're not a woman i i could see how that could trigger something worthy of murder no but trigger something in a person that was raised with those core thing those core values in them but the other thing that i was thinking is as a woman who has a means of self-defense in my purse with me all of the time if someone were to attack me or let's just say make i was on a date and they were making sexual advances on me. And they're obviously a man, so they're probably bigger and stronger and tougher than I am. And I were to kill them, it would not have been on purpose. But I don't think any judge or jury would look twice at me and say, oh, yeah, you're a murderer. You did it. They would say, okay, you were attacked. You were provoked. You use self-defense. Absolutely. Yeah. Why is it just completely different for transgender women? Especially against other men generally that are doing that to them i don't know i just i think if you're raised to have that hatred and then you do yeah i could see where something could go wrong in your own mind but definitely not to the not to kill somebody no well i mean even even in today's you know like working class environment you know between the construction jobs that I've had and even the trucking jobs that I've had, like I've had multiple conversations or overheard other conversations about, you know, guys talking about like, you know, chicks with dicks and, you know, like trans, you know, this and that and how they're all fucking disgusting and they should just be, you know, put in a little box and sent somewhere. And I'm like, why? Like what, what is it that they're doing? That is like yeah. impacting your life to the point where you just like hate them, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, my personal opinion, what is the, how are they affecting you? Are they, do they affect your daily life? 
Do they affect the way you live your life? Do they affect how you do your job, how you raise your family, how you pay your bills? And no? Okay, then leave them the fuck alone. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Like, what somebody else does with their body, their life, who they are as an individual, if it doesn't directly affect your family, your life, and what you're doing and who you are, you have no right to have an opinion or a stake or whatever it is in other individuals' gender, their sexuality, who they marry, who they don't marry. If someone wants me to call them a fucking tree, I'm going to call you a goddamn tree because that's what you want. I don't care. It has nothing to do with me. But to straight murder somebody because of that and then try to use that you were so freaked out and scared that you reacted a certain way and took their life, especially a young girl. With a like, phone charger and you strangled her to death, which took at least five minutes. Yeah. And to use that defense because you were scared. No, one, it's definitely going to speak to their mental state for sure. For sure. Because you're clearly a psycho person to kill another human being out of maliciousness to even begin with. And you have to be a hateful person to be able to do that because it does matter how you're raised or what your brain makeup is and things that happen. There's so many things that happen that cause you to do these things, but you also know the difference between right and wrong. You know, we all know that it's wrong to murder somebody. (laughs) That also goes back to, you know, like, like that defense is such bullshit, though, because they weren't afraid or, like in mental distress because you know this trans person was freaking them out or anything no they were afraid of being caught with you know a trans person and somebody saying that you know they enjoyed it Mm -hmm. and getting Mm -hmm. all that you know negative publicity or whatever like yep Mm -hmm. maybe maybe david and nikki were intimate maybe he was into it and then after the fact after they were intimate he decided oh, crap, I just had sex with a girl that was born a dude, and now people are going to judge me, people are going to care. And there were some things that I had seen online that that was kind of the perspective that was given. He was not perceived as someone that felt sorry. He was not perceived as somebody that knew what he was doing was wrong. It was definitely that perception that he didn't want to get caught and people would have a certain opinion of him or care that he was with somebody transgender who gives a crap. If people, if you want to be with someone that's transgender and you love them and someone wants to judge you, then that person's not worth being in your life because if you're happy and you love them, no one has the right to judge that relationship. Yeah. Even if it's someone you're just going to fuck around with, if you just want to get it in a couple times, fucking get it in a couple times, who cares? No one has the right to know what you do with other individuals on an intimate level. And people want to judge, let them, let them judge, you know, but to, but again, to you, your defense is ridiculous. Well, and I guess to you, like on the topic of like being a woman, if I were going on a date with someone or really into someone that came to me and said, oh yeah, I'm actually a woman. I'd be like, you know where the spot is. Okay. Like, yeah, that's the first yeah. thing that comes to my mind. I don't got to walk you through on how to find it. You know exactly yep. where it is. So I'm definitely curious what what Eric's thoughts are. You've been quiet. What do you think? What are your opinions? On what, like the, that defense that he? Oh, the defense. I mean, is all a the joke. things. 
I mean, the defense is things, yeah. the defense is ridiculous. I can I I mean I can imagine they're doing something, and then he realizes that she's a woman. Uh, you know, was born a man, and the rage that he probably felt. I can imagine that, but I but going to the extent of killing her because of it is just crazy to me. So yeah, transphobic. I mean. Yeah, if you're that upset about it, like, buy a punching bag. Or, yeah, exactly. Con- well, and, con- and that, contact mental health, you know? And that defense, too, I feel like it doesn't address whether they're remorseful or not. It doesn't address whether they feel bad about it or not. It's literally just an excuse. That's all it is. It's an excuse. It's something to say, oh, well, I mean, even the insanity plea, like... I feel like with the insanity plea, when it's given properly, it's someone that literally does not have the capacity to either know right from wrong or feel remorse or all of those things that naturally come. But this this doesn't doesn't include any of that. It's just I was afraid. Yeah. Well, it's also like and it's not even like, first of all, this isn't the first time a trans person or a gay person or a lesbian or any of any type of minority of any kind has been murdered because of straight anger mm-hmm. or hatred. And it won't be the last. To use some type of retarded defense for their actions. I mean, there's that first case in, in the nineties of Matthew Shepard, like what happened to him it took happening what happened to him, I don't know about the world, but the United States to fully realize the capacity of these type of issues. So I don't know if you guys know the case of Matthew Shepard or not. I don't. I do. So he was either in his late 20s, I mean, late teens or early 20s. He, it was a hate crime. He was targeted because he was gay. And he was beat by several other males and handcuffed to a fence and left there to die after they beat the living crap out of him and then somebody found him yeah oh my god terrifying right terrifying yeah that was really the first case that went publicly that was so big there are some laws in place now because of that however the defendants did try to use the the phobia defense oh um, whatever from, dude from what i didn't so... do a ton of research on it but from what i remember it didn't work in the way that it did with this case well it better not have because so no i mean like in the aspect that they actually listened to them being afraid oh and when was that yeah. like what like a 10 year time frame because i feel like to being that long ago ouch my soul being that long ago it was a much different time that it was in uh 1998 oh so the year i was born yeah but assholes stay assholes let's be real here there's always going to be somebody Hmm. so he actually died six days after the incident happened so mike so he was chained to the fence for six days no, no, no. He was oh. found chained to the oh, fence. Okay. I, believe, I believe it was the next morning that he was found beat to crap and chained to this fence. Um, but he was taken to the hospital 
Um, on, let's see, it says the night of October 6th in 1998, he was taken by rescues to the hospital. And then six days later, he passed away on October 12th of 1998. Oh, so he went mm-hmm. to the hospital uh, and they couldn't save him, basically. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So he had a horrific... And I'm sure there's lots of other times that things like this have happened, too. I mean, oh, a million. Individually or on groups, like, the thing that comes to my mind is the Pulse nightclub incident that I'm sure all of us know what that is. Yeah, that was 100% targeting. Oh, yeah. They That person probably didn't know any of those people. Not a single one oh. of them. You know? Oh. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's just... Yeah, how many people died at that shooting? A I know lot. it was... I think, like, a lot. 20? I know a lot of people were injured, too. Not, you know, there was a lot of people that died, and then there was a lot of people injured as well. So it says, the Pulse shooting on June 12th of 2016, there was 49 people were killed and 53 people were wounded. I remember seeing some stuff from that, too. And that was 100% targeted. 100%. Because they were at a gay nightclub. And that was in Florida. Florida over a hundred people. Where does everyone goes to fucking hang out and chill and retire and be cool and like? Yeah, I mean, even like this whole phobia defense. Like, personally, the only phobias that I have of people are rapists or serial killers or whatever. But you don't know that those people are around. But like, if I didn't like trans people, I would just try not to associate with them you know like it's that simple and if you find yourself in a situation where you're surprised maybe you should evaluate that fact that you were surprised and you didn't know and if they didn't tell you where you didn't find out you wouldn't know but just like we should also talk about the fact that in my opinion kind of like what eric was saying earlier like I would have preferred to know before I went out with them, but nobody has the right to tell that person when and how they should divulge that information because they are targeted. And who do, what if they do tell somebody on their first date and then that person gets up and beats them, kills them, shoots them or whatever. Yeah. Maybe some I'm people sure are scary. okay with telling that initially and that's fine if they are. Maybe some people are like, I need to go out with you a couple times to make sure I can gauge what kind of person you are before I can trust providing that information. Now, if they never tell you and you're six months into dating and you're like, oh, we haven't done anything but made out. Like, this is weird. We haven't done anything yet. And then they tell you there's a lot more investment there. But again, nobody has the right to tell them when and how because of how that community is looked at. Yeah. I mean, it's a really complicated topic because, like, sure. the initial argument that comes to my mind is, okay, well, if you are a, a transgender person and you're on a dating site, for example, like, if you're just trying to make friends, who gives a fuck what your gender is? You know, if yeah. you're just trying to meet people and hang out, whatever. If you're trying to find a life partner, you know, my my brain went to at first, okay, well, you're you are physically different than what somebody may be looking for so when you're talking about like an intimate relationship sure but at the same time they're the same as we are they're the same they're people they're humans they want 
a genuine relationship. They want a partner. They want someone to spend the rest of their life with that loves them and cares about them and goes through all of the things in life with them. And they shouldn't have to do it any differently. But it, it, it is it is a really complex thing that as people who aren't transgender, we can't identify with it or really speak to it. But it's yeah, it's I could see that it's hard putting it out there right away. And I could see that it's hard putting it out there later. Like you could be building a relationship with someone or really liking someone and then them be like, oh, that's disgusting. Fuck you. Okay. Or you could just get those messages right out the gate from people that you've never even spoken to or seen before. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in my mind, the only... The only logical reason in my mind that that would somebody's gen, you know, somebody's gender would be an issue is if like, you know, you want to have children with that person and, you know, the, the physical limitations are there that, you know, would, would deny you like actually, you know, having children. But I mean, at the same time to counteract that there's plenty of children to adopt. And children come so much later, in a, generally, in a relationship. That's something that's not right out the gate. Or if it is, you can determine, like, cool, you don't want kids? We're not going to... You can't have kids? I I want them, and I don't want that. You know? I agree with what you're saying, though, Ruben. Like, some people are very dead set on having their own biological children. And there's nothing wrong with that. Me, I could... Biological, adopted, foster, I don't really care either way, to be honest with you. But that's just me. Some people are dead set. I want them to have my eyes. I want them to look like my dad. I want them to whatever. So I could see how that could be a huge factor. However, if that's something you really want and the person that you're with is the same gender, if you really truly in your heart really want that and you really love this other person and you want that future with them, there are scientific ways to take both of your genetics and still Mm -hmm. make that happen. Yep. So is yeah. does that cost a lot of money? Absolutely it does. But that's still asking the other person to put in something that they weren't planning on putting into. How you old know? was David? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what that is. But it's, I think maybe he was in his 20s. Like early 20s? Because you got to remember too, we're talking about a 17-year-old girl and yeah. a maybe 20-something-year-old kid. Like yeah. Yeah, they're not going to know that kind of stuff at that point in time. Or I mean, some people do, but I mean, they're kids. They're they're doing their thing. They're living their life. They're learning their lessons, and and yeah, yeah it just. So I really wanted to bring this one up because I really the harder subjects for whatever reason I tend to to lean towards. <laughs> I mean, the other one I did was obviously really hard too, but I just. I'm very passionate about having empathy for other people and Mm -hmm. respecting other people as human beings for who you are, for just being a human being. Like we need to love each other, nurture each other, be empathic and respect each other. We can agree to disagree. You don't Mm -hmm. have to believe the same thing other people believe. You don't have to be the type of same type of person as another person. You don't have to same have the same religious views. You don't have to have the same political views. You don't have to listen to the same music. You don't have to have any of that stuff. What it all comes down to is treating other human beings like a human being with respect so that we all can live kumbaya and happy in the world. Unfortunately, not everybody has that same perspective on 
the human race or the way that the world should operate. And it's very unfortunate and sad because if we all did that for each other, everybody would be fucking happy. Mm-hmm. And this type of shit would not fucking happen. Yep. And it's horrible that it does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say I fucking support everybody. Be you. Be your true authentic self. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if anybody disagrees, okay, bye. There's the door. They're not in your corner, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Move on. You know how to leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't need you. Yep. And that's that's what a lot of people don't understand is the world is a huge place. You know, you can you can go wherever you want, be whatever you want to be, and socialize with whoever you want to, and not have to, you know, have those different people and influences affect your life. Mm-hmm. Yep. I can definitely tell you, yeah, as I've gotten older, obviously I can't identify with people in the LGBTQI community, but I can say the older I've gotten, the more I've recognized when it's okay to put my energy into something and into another person and not to allow something or a situation or a person to interrupt my peace or put my energy into that if it does interrupt my peace. If it does, then that person or that situation is not worth my time and we can go about our own business in our own way. And that perfectly fine but we can still respect each other and do that at the same time yep so we're gonna go ahead and end the episode like we do every single episode we always say that we want to recognize the victims um, because that's most important to recognize the victims and not the perpetrators so um we want to honor the lgbtqi community every person that's been affected in that community the trans community and of course for we're going to do our moment of silence for Nikki Kuhnhausen. Alright, awesome. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, hope you liked the episode. Have a good one. We love you guys. Bye! Bye! Bye. podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, Google, Pandora, Amazon, and Radio Public. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Crime Convo Podcast. You're welcome to contact us with your reviews, comments, concerns, and suggestions at crimeconvopodcast at gmail.com.